Comics Crunch is back, and it's never been deadlier. Okay, so Matt, yeah, uh, how much do you know about uh, Scott Slim Summers, the man known as Cyclops? Um, more than I'd like to, not as much as I probably should. <laughs> the, the, like, national required limit for <laughs> knowing about Cyclops? Yeah, the the legally required yeah. limit. You have um, to take rudimentary, like, uh, supplement courses? Yeah, to get yeah, I, I've been avoiding them. Yeah, um, you're I'm gonna not... get fined. <laughs> that, what, you know what, I'm gonna take a stand, and I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, I don't like Cyclops. Okay. I just, I, I do not like him. He is a very boring character to me and this is coming from somebody who tends to gravitate towards the leadership yeah. type characters and things so <laughs> cyclops can be written very well he just usually isn't <laughs> <laughs> and he's usually written well when he's flying by the seat of his pants and it's like in that leadership role where he's just like almost out of control sure but that doesn't tend to happen very often i do like the current era where he's written as kind of just a dad <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm largely unfamiliar with that. Right, yeah. Like, my, my knowledge of Cyclops comes mostly from, like, the 90s cartoon. Yeah, and the, the 90s cartoon did Cyclops no favors. So, like, that that is a large part of it, but I just I, yeah. I just don't Yeah, in, in the current era, he's care. living uh, on the moon with his family, and his family in, is in a, like, includes Wolverine. He, they're in a triad with him and Jean Grey. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I got a lot to process yeah. right now. Did you say the moon? <laughs> I did, sir. Okay, so he's he's living in the is is a polyamorous yes. relationship. Okay, you know what? Good for them. It, it hasn't <laughs> like they they never actually come out and said it. But in the current era, at the start of it, there was a lot of different diagrams and data sheets and stuff like that. And one of them was a picture of their house on the moon. And it's like, okay, this is. I just. I had a very, very uh, mental, <laughs> a very vivid mental image of like a suburbs house on the moon. It's like a big dome. I kind of figured that's what it actually was, but that's yeah, not yeah. what popped into my brain. Yeah, and that's not what I'm going to be subscribing to okay. going forward. So, but yeah, I had the layout of that, and it's like, okay, Hold here's Scott and uh oh, oh fuck. Echinolite group. I have no idea. All right, yeah, and it had like the layout of the house, and it's like, okay, here's Scott and Jean's room. And here's Logan's room, and they're connected with, like, a bedroom in the middle. <laughs> okay. So it's like one of those houses where the, the bathroom is connecting two bedrooms, only yeah, backwards yeah. almost. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then they've made... Good for them. I mean, yeah, I it, guess you can really, be... It's the best way to deal with that whole situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get... It's also I... implied that uh, Scott is still kind of in a relationship with Emma Frost, and... I mean, I guess so they're, they're pretty you, you can be a way. lot more progressive on the moon, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, good for them. <clears> There's I'm no glad... rules on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're finding their bliss. Yeah. So. But anyway, um, what I kind of wanted to talk about to start with here is Scott and his incredibly fucked up family tree. <laughs> okay. Because uh, Scott Scott uh, has a brother. Right. Havoc. Havoc, yeah. Alex Summers. Um, he didn't start out having a brother. I mean, okay, so he's a younger brother. I mean, that's how—that's kind of how well, all yes, yes. younger brothers but go. He, Alex wasn't introduced until 
like 50 issues into the series. Sure. And Scott was just like, yes, I have a brother. I've never told you about him. Oh, yeah. No, I love it when things like that. Dragon yeah. Ball Z pulls that shit all the yeah, time, yeah. and it is the best. Yeah, and they're like, okay, my brother's graduating from high school. You have a brother? I have a brother. <laughs> have I not mentioned him before? <laughs> yeah. He ended up being a mutant and having all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, that's where Sauron turned into Pterodactyl Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We covered that. Yes. So that was kind of going along, um, and it turned out that there was a third Summers brother that neither of the other neither two of brothers them knew about. Did. Oh, knew about? Yeah. Not even, not even just not no. told. And it was hinted by uh, much, much later in the like late '80s by Mister Sinister. Mister Sinister knew. Yeah, and he he mentioned something like. Uh, Scott and your brothers is what is what he phrased it he, as. He pluralized brother, yes. and then Scott was like, Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, there was going to be a third Summer's brother, and there was a lot of discussion and rumor about who it was. For a while, it was rumored to be Gambit. That would have been weird. It would have been weird, but it was because he's got the whole eye thing going on, and he had a really mysterious background and stuff like that. Okay. Um... I take it they didn't go that direction. No, they did not go that direction. <laughs> um, there was a lot of problems on the Xbox around this time. Uh, Chris Claremont, who had had an unprecedented 17-year run on the book, was getting booted off. Oh, wow. Um, and he was very upset about the situation. Um, sure. The comics in general were going more towards an artist-based model than like a artist-writer union. Okay. This is where you get Rob Liefeld and his bunch of guys, and they were, like, we make fun of Rob Liefeld a lot, and it's not unwarranted, because he's kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> and I don't really care for that 90s extreme style. Yeah. But it had been unlike anything that had been seen up to that point. Right, right. And it was humongous. Well, I mean, he's a he's probably the most infamous right, yeah. comics artist, so or at least one of. Yeah. But Liefeld and McFarlane and um, all these different big artists at the time broke contract with Marvel and went to found Image Studios. Okay. Which left Marvel in a lurch. Yeah, I mean... Because they, they chased off Chris Claremont, who was the, like the, found, the architect of the X-Line. Okay. So they were desperate to find somebody else who could kind of guide the line. All of their artists had fled the books... Um, so they were just kind of going month by month in a panic basis. Yeah, they, they had nobody to right. draw their comics. And the, the guy they kind of pinned their hopes on was uh, Fabian uh, Nessiesia, who kind of guided the uh, X-Books in these early 90 books as long as some of, along with some of the other like random Marvel titles. Okay. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. He's a very workhorse writer. Like, he'll do pretty much anything. But he kind of he took the X-Books and had a vision for them where he wanted to go. And one of those things he wanted to resolve was the third Summers brother. Okay. So it hadn't been resolved. It had not been point. resolved. No. Okay. So he introduced a character that he had intended to be the third Summers brother. Sure. Uh, that's the guy we're going to be talking about today, but I, I want to get through the rest of this because it's fascinating and weird what happened. Sure. So um, Fabian was like, okay, this guy's going to be the third Summers brother. We're going to see a bunch of hints about what's going on with him, where he's coming from, and then we'll reveal it. And that'll be that story. Yeah. Fabian gets kicked off the books before he can finish his story. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so, the line goes through multiple changes. Like, nobody has a run even close to Claremont's. 
you're lucky if you can get a year out of the books now. Oh, wow. Like, and that's still true. Oh, geez. Nobody has these multi-year runs like they used to. Right, right. There's a lot of writer churn and artist churn. Um, but this plot line with the third Summers brother never got solved. It never got resolved. It just kept going and going and yeah, going yeah. and just stretched. Well, it never even got mentioned. It was just, like, dropped entirely. So and there's this other character who was supposed to be it who got dropped entirely. Left out into the, right. into the space. In the uh, mid-2000s, we got a story called Deadly Genesis in the X-Books, which is a very controversial storyline, um, and it involves the person who would become the third Summers brother. Okay. Uh, this is a guy called Gabe Summers, who would be called Vulcan. Okay. Um, he ended up... What had happened with him was uh, when... Scott and Alex's whole situation was they were involved in a plane crash with their parents, and they thought their parents were dead. And okay. <laughs> that's why Scott got the head injury, so he can't control his powers. Okay. What had actually happened was their parents had been kidnapped by the Shi'ar. Sure. Um, and at the time, their mother was pregnant. Okay. And they didn't know this. Okay, so we're looking at Space Baby? Space Baby, yes. Okay. Um, so he got delivered in Shi'ar space and was raised there and then came back to Earth and was like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> and then Charles Xavier found him before he found Scott. No, not before he found Scott, but before he found like the second generation of mutants. Oh, he oh, was oh, going oh, to oh. be like this, this, the leader. He was going to be the Cyclops for the second generation of mutants. Okay. And instead, Xavier got them all, him and his entire team killed. Whoopsie doo. Yeah. It turns out that uh, um, Gabe wasn't quite dead, but he was extremely mad. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you matter. Yeah. And he ended up going into Shi'ar space and taking it over and becoming the emperor of the Shi'ar and a whole big thing, yeah. Okay. It's wild. <laughs> Just complete nonsense. Wow. All right. Um, but what actually ended up happening was uh, after this whole situation, Gabe was a very unpopular character. Just because sure. that storyline was is complete nonsense. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. It. <laughs> in the in the more recent years, um. They've launched a book called X-Men Legends, which allows these creators to come back from way in the past and do stories that are in continuity, but are set during their time as writer. Sure. And they can finish the storylines that they wanted to do, but couldn't for whatever reason. Right, right. So we get, we get the final conclusion of the original right um, okay fabian comes back and writes the story with the character we're discussing today and firmly establishes him as the fourth summer's brother <laughs> well i guess when you say scott you and your brothers right it kind of opens the door for just any number of brothers exactly exactly yeah <laughs> it's you're not just you're no longer set you don't have to just keep setting up these hidden brothers there could there be could be any, any number of summer's brothers at this point <laughs> And that's, it's kind of a running joke in the fandom that any new character is a secret Summers brother. Okay, okay. Chris, could I be a secret you Summers could. brother? You could, yes. Oh, I know if you'd want that, because their family tree is nonsense, but... Yeah, no, it doesn't sound great. And this is just getting... This is just Scott, Alex, Gabe, uh, Adam, and their parents. It's not getting into Scott's kids or right, anything else. Right, this is... Or how this entire bizarre family tree loops into the Pym family tree and... Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, it's complete <laughs> nonsense. But the, the guy we are talking about today is Adam X, the Extreme. Oh, God. Who is the embodiment of the 90s. Oh, Lord. Yeah. 
He's the most 90s man to have ever 90s. Oh, boy. All right. So here we go. Uh, Adam X was introduced in the X-Force 93 annual in 1993. Uh-huh. Um, the way annuals tended to work back then is they would all be based around a gimmick of some kind. Like, they would either tie into a certain storyline or they're all around an event of some kind, stuff like that. Sure. All the ones from this year, at least in the X-Line, introduced brand new characters. Uh-huh. And that was their gimmick, because we're introducing these cool new characters. Yeah. Um, Adam was the only one who stuck around for more than his initial appearance. <laughs> and that nope. was only sort of. <laughs> nobody, nobody else made the cut, huh? No, no. The only one I can remember off the top of my head is a guy called Chaos. Um, and that was in the Excalibur annual. And he is literally someone's D&D character. I'm not even joking. Excalibur is like a reality hopping book where they go to different alternate realities. Sure. And it allowed them to play with a lot of like fantasy and sci-fi tropes and stuff yeah. like that. They went to a D&D world. And this dude just like, yeah, okay, I'm putting my D&D character in here and he's going to be a Marvel character now. <laughs> okay. He's technically in the 616 somewhere, but he's never appeared. That's kind of incredible. He's just running. There's an elf dude running around with swords. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here is what is Adam's entire deal. Yeah, hit, hit me up with this Adam. Yeah, this, this is gonna, Adam Summers yeah. nonsense that I'm about ready to ingest. Well, he's never actually gone by Adam Summers. Okay, well, uh, points for him then, I yeah. guess? But he's a Summers brother. He, he's a Summers brother, um, but he's never gone by Adam Summers. Well, what has he gone by? Adam X, usually. Just Adam X. Okay, yeah. wow. And we'll get to why he's called that. Because of the 90s. Yes. Um, but Adam is the genetically engineered child of the Shi'ar Emperor, uh, Dakin, and Catherine Summers. Okay, and Catherine Summers is? Is, uh, Cyclops' mom. Okay. Yeah. So they got, um, Christopher and Catherine Summers got kidnapped by the Shi'ar. Right. Um. So that part was still part of Fabian's vision. Well, that's part from even Christopher Claremont's run. Oh, okay. Yeah. But... The, the whole story was that they went into... They got kidnapped by the Shi'ar. Christopher escaped and became a space pirate. And Catherine died. Okay. Apparently, before she died, uh, Dakin took her genetic information and made a clone child with his uh, genetic information as well. So, it, half Shi'ar, half human. Okay. Because Dakin was kind of obsessed with bringing other races into the Imperial lineage of the Shi'ar and making them stronger that way. Like, bringing the positive traits from other races into himself and becoming more powerful. Okay. So he tried to do that with uh, humans and ended up with a bunch of clone babies, most of whom died. Well, oops. Yeah. Um, uh, Dekin's head guard kind of saw that the Emperor was, you know, completely Fruit Loops and was probably going to crash the Shi'ar Empire. And was also murdering babies, which is bad. So he uh, took the young Adam away from the lab, busted out of uh, the Shi'ar Imperial Palace, and went off-world. Okay. So he's, he's got young Adam. Yeah, okay. Uh, he landed on a agricultural world, like a, a farming planet, and raised Adam as his son. Sure. Uh, many years later, Adam's X-gene activated, so he got his mutant powers. Yeah. And the other workers and farmers on the planet were like, holy shit, demon. <laughs> that's fair that's started, and absolutely like, fair started fearing and was it was you know mutants are hated and feared wherever they go right so. right it's the that whole thing yeah 
Um, Adam's adopted father told him of his hybrid nature and was like, okay, if you want to know what's going on with you, you need to go to Earth. Okay. Because that's where you're ostensibly from. Is right, right. And he, Adam was Your like, holy origins. shit. Adam was like, holy shit, what's an Earth? <laughs> um, by this point in the Shi'ar storyline, Dakin had been dethroned. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't emperor anymore. Sure. Uh, but his loyalists had discovered the existence of Adam and wanted to use this prince of the Shi'ar to get back on the throne. Yeah. So they went to the agricultural planet and were like, we're taking that teenager. That's our teenager now. <laughs> Come here, boy. Yeah. They didn't really tell Adam why they were taking him. They were just like, "This is we're taking this kid. Abduction? Yeah. Yeah, they're just going to abduct this this teenage mutant. Yeah. Um, so Adam's father and the workers who had, he had befriended sacrificed themselves so that Adam could steal a ship and get off world. Oh, damn. Okay. So... Okay, wow. Yeah. That's dedication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Adam, like, wandered the cosmos and became, like, he, he batman basically. He oh. young Batman. <laughs> and started training in all these different martial arts and became a cool pilot and... Just just became badass. Yeah, yeah. In, in became every super sense. badass. Yeah, he just, he got, he got good. He got good, yeah. Eventually, Adam made his way back to Earth. Like, he was like, okay, I, I've heard of Earth now. I can go there. But he got there and was like, okay, I don't know what's going on in this planet. This planet's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> why uh, Why is any of this? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start looking because he, had, he hadn't heard of the Summers family or anything. Sure. He just knew that this planet had the secret of his origin. Y- yeah. And he, he might have some family here. And that was it. That was it. So, kind of off on his uh, Adam's big day out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he ran into uh, a guy called Martin Strong. Who ran Strong Industries? I am not familiar with this man. No, he was a, had one appearance and it was in that annual. Oh, okay. Uh, Strong was a mutant whose uh, mutation, which gave him a like super powerful brain, but in a mutilated body. He had like flippers for hands and had like a very weak body. Okay. Um, built yourself an exosuit, man. He did. Oh, good boy. <laughs> he built himself like a, a buff man body. Well, there you go. In, like a suit. There you go. <laughs> But he wanted to find a cure for himself and other mutants whose mutations had left them helpless or they hated being mutants and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, th- those who didn't necessarily see their mutations as good. Right, right. Uh, the problem was he needed to experiment on mutants to do this, and he didn't want to use any of the people who were working for him, so he kidnapped other mutants. Oh, well, you took it one step too yeah, far, yeah, man. Yeah. Just put out a fucking ad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Strong... Hired Adam as a mutant hunter. Oh, okay. Uh, and promised to use his contacts to find Adam's family. All right. Um, I don't imagine that this this guy is entirely on the up and no, up and in no, trust, very trustworthy. Yeah, he well, he's only had one appearance, so you can kind of guess what happened to him at the end of the story. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Strong then gave Adam the last name of X for extreme oh lord <laughs> due to adam's uh enhanced combat abilities and his temper okay yeah 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 <laughs> uh so while hunting a mutant who had escaped from strong industries uh adam encountered x-force at this point led by cable okay uh but just to show how badass he was he easily dispatched them yeah yeah you've gotta you've yeah, gotta yeah, have you gotta that. show how cool the new guy is you gotta see yep yep that's how that works 
But afterwards, he agreed that, like, okay, he is a human hybrid mutant. Uh-huh. And hunting his, hunting his own kind, like, kind of sucked. He didn't he really didn't, like didn't doing like it. That. Sure, sure. So he broke with Adam Strong and teamed up with X-Force and took Strong down. Okay. Um, X-Force offered him a place on the team, but he was like, no, I got to find out where I come from before I try to lay down any roots. Right. So he once again began wandering the earth. Okay. Off off he go. Yeah. Uh, eventually he found his way to Alaska. Sure. Yeah. I mean, where th- that's fine. Where he Nothing saw a plane crash. Sure. He rushed over to the crash to uh, try and see if there was any survivors and found a very injured Philip Summers, who is uh, the father of Christopher Summers, who is Cyclops's and everyone's dad. So he just found granddad. He Well, here's the thing. Adam is Cyclops, Gabe, and Alex's half-brother on right. his mother's side. Okay, so he's no blood relation no, to... No, he has no blood relation to uh, Philip or Christopher. Right, that... Okay, oh, jeez, okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that tracks, that tracks. Um, what a coincidence, but go on. Yeah, seriously. So, Adam hauls Philip into a hospital to get him to recover... Uh, Jean Grey found out about the plane crash. Uh, apparently, Cyclops was too busy to see his grandpa. I don't know where he was. But Jean Grey came to, to visit I've been the hospital. There. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, let's be honest. <laughs> and Jean sensed there was a connection between Adam and the Summers family, despite the fact that he has no blood relation to Philip. So I don't know how that worked. <laughs> I mean... I think Fabian may have forgotten which parent was which. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, her powers are psychic, not, like, biological, it's, so... Yeah, but I, I still don't know how you, she would have sensed that link. Um, so, Philip was laid up in the hospital, and Adam gave him one last glimpse of being a cool space fighter pilot. Okay. So that he could have one last glimpse of action, since he was probably never going to be able to fly again. Uh... Shortly after this, Adam was again found by Dekin's loyalists, who still wanted to use him to get the throne of the Shi'ar. Oh. Those guys are back. So that, and they just don't give up. No, no, space bird jerks are here forever. <laughs> um, and he ended up being pulled into a conflict between Dekin's loyalists and the then Captain Marvel, Janice Vell. So okay. there's a big uh, war between those two. And during that conflict, um, Adam's lineage as Prince Space Bird Jerk was revealed. Gasp. Yeah. Uh, as well as proving definitively that Dekin had specifically engineered him as a way to bring the mutant X gene into the Imperial line. Okay. Did Was Adam aware of even that much? No. Oh. He had no idea. That's a bombshell. Yeah, he just <laughs> knew that there were these Space Bird Jerks who kept picking on him. He had no idea of his connection to Dekin. Fuck. Okay. It's very Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's X Men Luke Skywalker. Sure. Okay. So yeah, he found out of his his parentage. Uh, he did not find out that he was related to the Summers family yet. This had not been revealed. So Jean Grey didn't tell him. No. Well, I mean, I guess she didn't know he was related. She just knew he had there a, was connection, a connection. Yeah. But she didn't bother to mention no. it or in, or or ask in like ask leading questions or anything. Not it. Not that I could find. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and She's just is, like, that's weird. I'm going to forget about it. Th- th- this is strange. I wonder if I should tell him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and this is where we get to that lost story from X-Men Legends, where Fabian came back like 30 years later to complete his story. So this was all previously... This was in the early 90s. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so, that's, so that's roughly where Fabian... That's where, about where he the... got booted out. Oh, wow. In fact, okay. the, the stuff where in um, Captain Marvel was after he had left the X-Books. And he was like, I'm going to at least get this part of my story out before everything ends. Wow. So he brought in Adam X in that. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this this now is I'm like... I'm starting to get an idea for the timeline now. Yeah, this is 30 years later that this story is being completed. Right. And, yeah. I was wondering, too. I was just like, wait a minute. 90s? Why? Okay. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm getting... I'm, I'm picking up what you're it's laying pretty, down. <laughs> yeah. It, it's... Just the timeline of this is crazy. How many plot threads got dropped and picked up in different directions, and it's... Comics is weird. Comics is weird, yes. Okay, so uh, this takes place not too long after uh, the, the Captain Marvel story. Uh-huh. Uh, the Shira Loyalists have returned to Earth again. <laughs> well, yeah. To uh, capture Adam. And this time they've taken Philip and his wife hostage in order to force Scott and Alex to assist them. Unaware that there's a link between all of these people. So big, just a big coincidence. He, they captured Philip and his wife because they knew that Adam had helped out Philip in the past. So he was like the only... So to them, it was like, oh, this this man, Adam, Adam has Adam. a... Yeah, yeah okay. So, so we're, we'll capture him. Okay, so it's it's not necessarily a new coincidence. It's just expounding upon the previous coincidence. Right, okay. right, yes. Uh, Gabe's existence was still hidden in continuity by this point, so he's not around. So would that make Adam technically the third brother? We'll get to that. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so Scott and Alex contacted Cable to find Adam since they knew that Cable had encountered Adam at some point. Right. So that they could all go rescue Philip. They're all they're all old buddies. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Starjammers, who had been hired by Empress Leandra to kill the uh, last son of Dekin. And the Starjammers are? Uh, Christopher Summers and his group of space pirates. And uh, Empress Leandra... Is the, the current Empress of the Shi'ar. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep, no problem. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot. There's okay. A lot, yeah. Um, but Adam didn't really want to be involved in the conflict at all. He had no, like, designs on the throne. He just wanted... At, at this point, he'd even given up basically finding his roots on Earth and was working in a farm in Iowa. He was just ready to retire. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Scott and Alex like encountered Adam on this farm right as Christopher and the uh, Space Jam or Star Jammers landed. Okay. Uh, Scott or uh, Christopher Summers informed everyone that, oh, hey, you guys are technically brothers? <laughs> so that's weird. <laughs> And then he shot Adam in the head. Okay, that's well. That's a reunion. Yeah. Well, keep in mind that Chris, that Adam is not Christopher's son. Right. Right. If at best he could be a stepson by virtue of genetic manipulation and cloning. Yeah, but still. so he doesn't have a whole lot of. Well, he so he he just showed up and's like, "Hey, my sons. Um, I haven't seen you in a while." Yeah. This guy's kind of your brother. I'm going to yeah, shoot but, him now. And he's a threat to the Shi'ar Empire, so I'm going... And I've been hired to kill him, so that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it was okay. Uh, Corsair had thought he'd killed Adam. Like, he shot Adam in the head. Adam looked dead. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's fair. I mean, you should probably double tap, but... Well, okay. Adam was able to survive because he had been genetically engineered to survive headshots. And Chris, I'm reading the next line that you wrote, and I'm not liking what it is. Adam claims that he survived the experience because his brain is in his butt. <laughs> it's unclear if that was supposed to be a joke or if he was serious. <laughs> but he had been genetically engineered to be able to survive headshots. Um, Chris, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, I don't... <laughs> it's very silly, but... There you go. We, we don't know if his brain is actually in his butt or not. It, it could have been a joke. <laughs> but it easily also could have not have been a... Correct. Because, he, I mean, he survived. Correct. So his... I mean... So, so I guess... Does that mean... Like, did he... Is his brain actually not in his head? Or is it, like, I, more... Is I it bulletproof know. or laserproof? Or... Who knows? Chris, I have questions. So, so does everyone. <laughs> At this point, the Starjammers and the Summers Brothers put their differences aside uh, and teamed up to rescue Philip since the Starjammers had discovered that, hey, Christopher's dad's in trouble now. We gotta go <laughs> save him. All right, so they they, so, they aren't above breaking contract for fam familial ties. Correct, yes. Okay. Um, they beat up the Loyalists, saved Philip, everything's cool there. And then after the battle, the battle Adam agreed to meet with Empress uh, Leandra who determined that Adam honestly had no designs on the throne at all, didn't want anything to do with Shi'ar space, and wasn't a threat to the stability of the Empire. He had, like, refused his claim on the throne. Okay, so he's just like, hey, there's been a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this ain't me. And she was just like, oh, I'm sorry, my bads. Kind, yeah, kind of, but at the same time, like, Dekin's loyalists and Dekin himself were always going to use, try to use Adam as a bargaining chip. Right, right. He was he was still a liability, even though he was not. He didn't have any personal desires to do that. Correct. So it was more of a okay. Well, you, so she saw him less as a threat and more of like a weapon that she needs to keep out of their hands. Right. And they determined that the best way to do this was to use the telepaths of the Shi'ar Empire because they have telepaths. Uh huh. Who doesn't? Exactly. Uh, to erase any knowledge of Adam's background from anyone who knew him. Okay. So this is how Alex and Scott briefly knew they had a third brother. But then forgot. But then forgot. Because you, you gotta figure out a way why exactly. that is. Exactly. Uh. But this allowed um, Adam to return to Earth and continue being there. And everyone else to just leave him alone forever. Sure. So he's the third brother, but he's also the fourth brother because he, well, but I, well, no, he's, he's the, not the he's, official fourth brother. That's never. Yeah, they, they, they never happened. they never come back and figure out. Correct. Oh, okay. So he is correct as of as of right now still just off he doing knows, his own thing. He knows that he's the the and and that's and it. no one else does. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's a wild story that it, it I, oh man that was hard to wrap my head around I mean exactly exactly and keep in mind that like I said this was about thirty years after his initial appearance right so this is a storyline that was divided by thirty years right Adam had appeared other times in that time period but ever since his initial few appearances and Fabian being removed from the book 
he was seen as a joke character. Okay. He was seen as like the worst excesses of the 90s, of this hyper stylized style. Even his look is very like 90s. I'm going to drop a picture of him into. Uh, Good, because I was just about ready to look it up. <laughs> it, it's hard to find him because there is a rapper by the name of Adam X as well. Oh. There we go. That would have been confusing. All right, what do we what do we got here? Oh, he's got he's got like the dreads with X's in them. Oh, that's not a yeah, backwards that is... ball cap. Oh lord, lots that's... of knives. God, he's got like knife pauldrons. Yeah, yeah, and Wolverine like claw gauntlet things. Yeah, yeah. We have not gotten into Adam's actual freaking soul patch. Yep, soul oh, patch. Yeah, lord. And this is why he turned into kind of a joke character. I could see it. Did they like? Did he? maintain this um every time he's appeared he's looked exactly like this oh man dude yeah dude no (laughs) but like he he's appeared a few times since then like they did a comic strip that was like what if the x-men animated series adapted storylines from today so it was full of like little cameos and stuff like that of more current continuity stuff or stuff that hadn't been in the cartoon Adam shows up in that and basically just gets punched. <laughs> uh, in a more recent storyline, he's appeared in the Mojoverse, the TV-obsessed universe, uh-huh. running a uh, live stream show where people kill themselves. Oh, Jesus. And he's miserable. Uh, okay. And that was the last time anyone saw him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really got into his powers yet. No, I was wondering the entire time. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to ask, but I realized that you would cover that at some yeah, point yeah. on your own. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna list his powers here because there's, for one thing, there's kind of a funny story involving his powers, and I want to get into that. But oh man, his, his specifically listed powers are sanguine combustion. Okay, what the fuck does that mean? That means he can cause oxygenated blood to ignite. Whoa, man! Whoa! And that's another reason he's kind of become, like, a 90s extreme joke character. Holy He's shit. covered with knives, and when he makes you bleed, he lights your blood on fire. God! Okay. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Uh, he can control the intensity of the burn, so that, like, if he needs to, it can just be, like, a warming sensation. Like, it can keep somebody warm. Or it can burn them to cinders in a matter of moments. OP much? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he can also ignite his own blood. So he's not only, he, he's his blood is not different than normal. No. Okay. And when he does that, it enhances his speed and reflexes, but also causes him a great deal of pain. I can't imagine why. Yeah, and it leaves him in kind of a weakened state afterwards. So he's got a boost he can do. Sure. Um, his greatest use of these powers was during the Fear Itself event, which is when a bunch of uh, Asgardian hammers crashed down to Earth and gave different notable figures evil Thor powers. Right. And one of these guys was Cain Marco, the Juggernaut. Uh-huh. Who became uh, Kurth the Breaker of Stone. Yeah. When he picked up a hammer. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm familiar with him thanks to, uh, directly thanks to the Marvel Legendary Yep, exactly. Game. Um... Well, Kurth uh, assaulted the X-Men's home in San Francisco, like charging across the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh-huh. And Adam intercepted Kurth and okay. fought him and actually managed to make Kurth bleed. Oh. Which is very difficult to do. Juggernaut's hard to, to cut. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a 
tough nut to crack. Yeah. So as soon as he managed to bleed, uh, Adam lit him on fire. From the inside out. Yeah. This did not stop Kurth. Oh. And just meant that the X-Men now had to face an unstoppable juggernaut with Asgardian powers who was now constantly on fire. <laughs> it made the situation so much worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, because... <laughs> yeah. And I imagine that Kurth was not really thrilled about this. He actually didn't, it didn't bother him that much because he's the juggernaut. He's unstoppable. Mm. Being on fire is not going to stop him. Well, yeah, but I it, mean, can't, can't feel good. He doesn't feel much. Especially, like, hopped up on Asgardian juice. Okay, that's fair, I suppose. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the greatest use of Adam's powers, is when he set the Juggernaut on fire, and it didn't matter. <laughs> um, as a Shi'ar mutant hybrid, Adam has enhanced speed, strength, and stamina. And he also has a better perception than a baseline human, and has minor regeneration. So he can heal from wounds at a slower pace than, like... Wolverine or, Wolverine or something. Or something. Yeah. Right, right, right. He's also an accomplished pilot. Well, yeah, because he, he was in space for forever. Exactly. And he is a expert combatant. He's learned several different styles of martial arts. Uh, he's proficient with his throwing knives. And he also has a set of retractable, retractable blades in his forearms that give him Wolverine claws. I sense the picture. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what we're dealing with. So yeah, basically he's covered in knives to make you bleed, and then once you start bleeding, you are on fire. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> wow. Now um, let's crunch this man. <laughs> uh, le- let's. <coughs> oh lord. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm excited to see what you do, Matt. All right. Well. So our baseline, and, and I'm, I'm coming to find out that our baseline should be, we need to start with the challenge rating first. We okay. need to come up with an idea of where he's going to fall in the, the grand scale of power of D&D. Uh-huh. And uh, thanks to that, we can like we can make him anything from a challenge exactly. rating you know, zero all the way up to a challenge rating 30. Um, I mean, I would definitely not put him at the... At the upper echelon of that, no. Um, I mean the the sanguine combustion does sound pretty intense, but I think that we can easily manage that in a D and D setting mm-hmm. to where it's not insanely overpowering. Um, so let's see, what challenge rating should we give give our man here? I do not know, man. This is this is your wheelhouse now. <laughs> I, oh God, you're just leaving me out to dry here. Um, I just okay. drop nonsense on you. Well, and hope then you can deal what with I'll it. do is we're going to start at a baseline of a challenge rating ten. Okay. Because that, like, that's that's big enough to put uh, to be like kind of a boss character for a relatively low level party, um, but not so big as to be an unstoppable force. Right. Um. You know what? I think I might actually I'm, now that I'm saying that out loud, push that up a little bit more. Um, let me pull up my thing here. Uh, you know what? Let's go for a challenge rating. Let's do a challenge rating 13. Okay. Um, so challenge rating 13, that will put him at 10,000 experience worth, um, and give him a proficiency bonus of plus five. Um, what should we name our man? 
Let's see. Do we want to make him a named person or not? I am not a huge fan of okay. doing that personally. I mean, I know we've done it a couple times, but I think it should just be reserved mm. to a couple of times. Okay. Um, then just like the sanguine combustor? <laughs> that might... Mr. Knife Hands? <laughs> Blood Burner? Let's let's go with sanguine combustor without accidentally adding an X in Cops there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I kind of want to include an X somewhere in his in the name. Yeah. Um, can we? Is there a word that we can use that we can do that with? Um, Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think of a play involving ignition as like exnition. <laughs> That's stretching it a little bit. <laughs> Sanguine Xniter. <laughs> I like that. I I actually really like that. <laughs> That's pretty stupid, and I think that that pays homage to his origins there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think we're gonna go with that. Okay, cool. Sanguine X Niter. That's <laughs> that's very dumb, but I love it a lot. It's incredible. Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. All right, so he's going to be a medium humanoid, typically neutral good. Does that sound fair? Or should I would say chaotic good. Chaotic good. Okay. Yeah. Typically chaotic good. And I'm just gonna go ahead and jump down here to his traits. Okay. Um. I see you using one of my words there, man. I am. You're kiping from me. I don't care for it. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, jumping down to his traits here, I'm going to give him uh, the otherworldly origins trait. Okay. The Sanguine X Niter is considered an aberration in addition to its other types. Okay. That makes sense. So. Um, <laughs> we were just mentioning how we do that a lot. Yeah. And, it, well, the more that we do it, the more I enjoy doing it because it makes yeah. some varied and interesting creatures. Especially since D&D 5th Edition does tend to play pretty hard to creature types, in, yeah, yeah. especially in spell effects and stuff. Uh, so I, I like including that sort of thing. Um, so let's see. He's got pretty good strength. Like, he's, he's yes. a strong man. He, he's described as being, you know, an expert combatant right. and stuff like so, that. So um, we're going to go ahead and give him a... Let's do 18 in strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, a good combatant, so he's not going to have terrible dexterity, but no. at the same time, he's got big muscles, and Dragon Ball Z teaches me that big muscles actually mean a little bit slower sometimes. But he's described as being very agile. Like, he, and, I mean, one of his trademark weapons is throwing knives. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so we'll leave it as dexterity. At, well, I don't, I still don't want to do a I wouldn't make it that high. Yeah, Maybe a 16? I'm, I'm going to put it at a 16. That, that feels better. Um, his constitution, he did get shot in the head once. He got shot in the head, yes. And it, and it sounds like it did take him out of commission, though it did not kill him. I'm, that's more than you could say for me. Um, I'm gonna you shoot his, me in the head, I'm dead. Uh, my brain is not in my butt, man. I have been called a butthead a lot, yeah. so I might survive. Uh, constitution, I'm going to give it a 14. Okay. Um, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma now. That's... <laughs> yeah. I could see an argument being made for higher than normal wisdom. Okay, so what, 14 maybe? Yeah, if ah, I don't even know about that. Maybe 13? 13, okay. Yeah, not 113, dear God. <laughs> but wisdom, I would say just baseline man. You mean um, intelligence? Or, or Yeah, okay, that thing. On. Now, um, his intelligence, yeah, I, baseline man seems pretty good because... Like, it's based off of what you were describing, it sounds to me like he just kind of 
rolls with the punches and moves from point to point. He yeah. doesn't do a whole lot of, like, figuring things out on his own. Kind of, yeah. Like, and even when he had, like, an overarching goal, he just kind of hoped it would fall into his lap. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave it at a 10. I don't think he's stupid, but he's, no. not, he's not really smart. Now... Now, Charisma, um... That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it really depends on what era you're in. <laughs> yeah. Um... I take one look at that hat and that soul patch, and I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, that does not... God. So, how, how charismatic is he in the... In, like, portrayed in the comics? Like... Like, do people gravitate to him? Not or do they just... really. Not really. But at the same time, like, like I mentioned, in his most recent appearance, he's hosting a live stream show... Uh, yeah, but that's in an alternate universe. It's in an alternate universe, but it is TV obsessed where ratings are everything. Damn. Yeah. That is rough. That's rough. I'm going to just go ahead and put it at a flat 10 that for That sounds about right. All right, so we've got his attributes at least kind of baselined yeah, here. Yeah, we can fiddle them around if we need to. Right. Uh, so skills, um, he's going to have athletics. Yes. Like, there's no way he's not going to have athletics. So that's going to be a plus nine, which is kind of intense. Um. But makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking that, uh, in addition to athletics, he probably is going to be proficient in acrobatics. Okay. Since he's described as agile. Yeah. Yeah. Which I will, can see that. Um, which will put him, that one will be a plus eight. Still pretty hefty. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, now, the weird thing is, like, I look at this guy, and I do think that he could intimidate someone pretty good. Yeah, I could see that. The problem with that is intimidation is charisma-based. I could see that. But um, I think I'm just going to still do that. So he'll just have a plus five in intimidation. That's still pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think that, that makes sense. That just makes sense to me. Okay. Um, most humanoids are going to have saving throws, so let's give him some saving throw proficiencies. I imagine dexterity and wisdom, maybe? Um, I was thinking strength, dexterity, and wisdom. Oh, okay. All three? Okay. Yeah. Um, or strength, dexterity, and constitution. Okay. Do we want to give him all physical stats, though, for his saving throws? Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I, my, my logic here is because he does seem like a kind of a physical character. Right. He's not super mentally or or uh like magically inclined in any yeah, way yeah um th so i'm thinking that yeah it should okay. just be physical strat uh, physical stats so okay. uh he's gonna have plus nine in strength uh plus eight in dex and a plus seven in con all righty now the interesting thing is he doesn't have too many resistances as far as no the comics go it mm -mm. would seem unless like other than being shot in the head like right and i don't think so, that's something you could really quantify so i'm now that's going to be tricky because a lot of monsters in D, &D at, especially at this challenge rating tend to have some resistances to kind of give them a little staying power right uh so i think that when we go back to do his hit points um which we i guess we can even do now uh he's probably gonna have a rather sizable hit point pool just to make up for that uh that lack of defense yeah so because his armor class right now would is a measly 13 so he should also probably be wearing armor of some sort i mean he is just wearing a t-shirt 
Right, but in the D and D world, <laughs> um, I mean, we could we could give him a low armor class, but then we would really have to beef up his hit points. Yeah, and no, I I think so, that's fine, just giving him actual armor. Yeah. So, um, although I don't think that okay, so maybe maybe we're going about this a little wrong. Okay. So he is the uh the idealized ep- like epitome of cool in the 90s right uh-huh. like what we what i think we should do is go for the like powerhouse epitome of cool fantasy like what okay. can you think like we need to night we need to fantasize up this 90s guy so when i think like i don't know when i say that my brain like jumps to change her Okay. Because <laughs> that's cool, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's, a, that's a, a cool look. <laughs> a mesh shirt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, like I and I very much imagine, like, no sleeves. Mm. Just, just a... <laughs> and For that's sure. all he's wearing yeah. is just this chain shirt. Okay. Okay. It's either got to be that or full plate mail. Like, full black plate mail. <laughs> right. Um, Which does kind of prevent him from knifing. I don't know. At the same time, plate mail... Uh huh. That is built with like plate mail made out of knives. Made out of knives is kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. But our, okay, now we're running into the risk of making him actually cool. <laughs> we're walking a fine line, sir. <laughs> That's the line we need to to walk, Chris. Okay. It, that is our cross to bear in this. Case. I'll trust your judgment. All right. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I'm gonna give him full plate mail made of knives. Made of knives. Armor class oh, of 18, plate mail. All right, so, um, like I said, his hit points pool is going to have to be substantial, even with that uh, relatively... I mean, th- that's honestly, for an, an, an armor class for a challenge rating 13 creature, that is exactly where it needs to be, is 18. Okay. So, um, looking at here, the challenge rating 13 hit point pool is anywhere between 250 to 265. Okay. Uh, we need to push that a little bit higher, I think. Okay, uh, because... and also keep in mind he is going to have minor regeneration of some kind. Right, right. I'm thinking. I mean, this guy's a pretty big bruiser. I mm-hmm. think for a hit die, he's it's not unreasonable for him to have d10s, maybe even d12s as hit dice. Okay. Um, let's go with. Let's do d10s because I don't know. D12 seems a little excessive to me. <laughs> um, but then again, isn't excessive the name of the game? So we're going to go 20d12. <laughs> 20d20s. <laughs> um, and his... Let's see. Let's just kind of pop this in and see what we get. Uh, yeah. His constitution modifier is plus 2. So that would be 20d12 plus 40. Okay. we're That that puts us at about 169. Nice. But we need to push it higher. 40, we got to go higher. 40d12 plus 8. 80 is probably going to be too high. 340, I was correct. So See, that's getting to where about... you yell at me. <laughs> how about 30d12 plus 60? That puts him at the 254 range, which is getting close. It's Now we're on the lower end. 35 plus 70. All right think that's the sweet spot did we get it 35 d12 plus 70 hit points is an average of 297 okay which eh, that's still a little high 
30, 40, 12, plus 68, 289, let's stick with that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Okay. So, 289 average hit points, which is 34, D12, plus 68. All right, so looking back here, uh -huh. um, he, you were saying how he has um, enhanced perception. Uh-huh. Um, with a wisdom of plus one, he would have a passive perception of 11, but that doesn't feel right for somebody as... You know, as quoted as having enhanced perception. Yeah, he's got he's got crazy bird eyes. So, I'm thinking that um, in addition to giving him a skill proficiency in in perception, uh huh, uh, we should give him a trait. Um, what should I call this? Crazy bird eyes. <laughs> crazy bird vision. Um, bird jerk eyes. <laughs> I, I want to go... I don't want to use otherworldly vision, but... No. Um, oh, what am I doing? Enhanced no. senses. Oh, that would make much more sense. He, right? Uh, so, he's got the enhanced senses. He, the Sanguine X Snyder has advantage on perception checks that rely on sight. Okay. I think that kind of covers that just fine. Um, of course, he's going to have to have minor regeneration... Um, I went ahead and decreased his hit points to 272 average, 32d12 plus 64. Okay. Um, just because you're, I mean, I know that you mentioned the minor regeneration, uh -huh. but I'm just kind of checking in the book to see uh, what they suggest that does to the challenge rating. And um, just based off of that, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I just want to decrease his hit points a little bit because uh, one of the big things is that regeneration a lot of times have, basically ways of stopping that regeneration right. whereas this guy i don't think we are going to have that okay um in fact as i say that out loud i think i'm just going to go ahead and decrease it again so yeah he's got 254 average hit points at 30 d12 plus 60 um but then at the start of each of his turns he regenerates 10 hit points okay um well hold on at the start of each of his turns as long as the Sanguine X Niter has at least one hit point. Okay. Otherwise, it wouldn't be possible yeah. to kill this thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's very true. All right, there we go. Um, you can't stop him. He's too extreme. <laughs> All righty. I can't really think of any other traits to give him. No, a lot of his stuff is going to be based off of his attacks. Right. So now... Um, just to give you an idea of where we need to fall in his damage range, his damage output needs to be, um, on average 81 to 86 damage uh, per round. That's pretty hefty. It's, it's hefty. So, uh, obviously multi-attack because any monster, uh, worth its salt at this challenge rating is going to uh -huh. have multi-attack. Um, I'm going to say that the, the Sanguine X Snyder can make three attacks using its daggers. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to use the word daggers, though. Blades. Because daggers would only be, like, 1d4. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Um, all right, so already I'm going to go back and increase his dexterity to 18. Okay. Just to make his daggers or his blades a little bit easier to set out and not as complicated. Yeah, the, otherwise we would have to put out, do different damage outputs depending oh. on whether he was doing... <clears throat> Right. Ranged or, or that would make sense. Melee. So, um, 
Okay, so I've given him the blade. Mm-hmm. His pretty much only attack is the blade. It's a melee or ranged weapon attack, plus 9 to hit, with a reach of 5 feet or a range of 20 to 60 feet. Uh, one creature, and on a hit, it deals an average of 18 slashing damage, 2d8 plus 9. Okay. So uh, that'll put him at the, like, honestly, on average, close to 60 damage around, which is l- much lower than... Challenge rating 13 creature. Yeah. However, we have not gotten to his marquee trick. No, we have not yet. Um, and that's where it's going to come in. Now, um, I'm wondering if we should make this a full action or just a... Or, or if we should do this as a reaction. Because if we do this as a full action, then we're probably going to have to make its damage substantial. Which yeah. Which I'm not entirely... I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea. Um, whereas if we make it as a reaction, the damage can be relatively low, but it'll also kind of mix up the, uh, the action economy where the players are not going to be absolutely terrified to take opportunity attacks again from this guy. Right. So I'm thinking that it should be a reaction. Okay. Yeah, that, ma- that makes sense. Um, and we're just going to call it X Knight. Well, maybe I shouldn't do it as a reaction. Uh-oh. Rethinking? Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, with reactions, it's usually a triggered effect on during uh, during the round, yeah. not on your turn. And I can't really think of a triggering effect. Although we want to have, on his multi-attack, we want him to have him make, like, three blade attacks and one ignite attack? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Alright, so I've got two possible avenues to take here. Mm-hmm. Either he can choose a target that he can see within 60 feet of it that does not have all of its hit points, kind of like how Blood Frenzy is. Right. Or... I can try to go a little bit more thematic in that, like, it has to be slashing damage to actually cause them, or slashing or piercing damage to cause them to bleed. So instead of that, it would be he has to choose a target that he has hit with his blade attacks. Right. But, like, either way, like, that's a little bit more thematic, but a little bit more complicated. Yeah. And I don't... It'd be another thing you'd have to track while running him. Right. So I'm thinking, like... I, I guess I'm just using use a, a sounding board here, mm-hmm. um, and maybe you can help ground me back to just, you know what? No, keep it simple, stupid. I mean, if we're going off of Blood fin- Frenzy rules, it could target anything that doesn't have all of its hit points. Right. And that's that's the keeping it simple. Yeah, so, I think so. I all think right, so. we'll just keep with that. And I'm also thinking it should be, a, a obviously, a, a saving throw of some sort. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And um, Constitution, probably. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Alright, so I've got the Sanguine... So for his X-Knight ability, the Sanguine X-Knighter chooses a target it can see within 60 feet of it that doesn't have all of its hit points uh, and forces that creature to make a DC 18 Constitution saving throw, taking 42 12d6 fire damage on a failure app, or half as much on a success. Okay. Now, I'm... I can do one more fun thing. Um, If I decrease this fire damage a little bit... Uh Uh-huh. I could also say that on a failure, they can't regain hit points until the start of their next turn, or until the start of his next turn. Mm. It's kind of hard to heal. Like it's kind of hard while, for your while you're on fire while your yeah. blood's on fire. Yeah. yeah, while your blood's on fire, you're not gonna be clotting. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. So uh, that might be fun and give it a little bit of a twist that, like, because otherwise this thing is just kind of a targeted breath weapon, right? Which doesn't feel great to me. No, no. Yeah, let's do that then. All right. So I'm going to decrease it from 12d6 to 10d6. That's an average of 35. 
Alrighty, so then, yeah. Um, also on a failure, the creature cannot regain hit points until the start of the Sanguine X Niner's next turn. Alright. That's pretty sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have a, a blood boiler here, guys. We do. So... Cool. I wouldn't want to fight this thing. No, no. That, this guy would <laughs> suck to fight. <laughs> All right. Oh, hey, Matt. Yes. Um, did we want to keep his languages as common deep speech? Okay, so his languages, I gave him uh, common deep speech and to any two other languages. Okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, common, obviously. Right. Uh, deep speech is the kind of, like, catch-all for aberrations okay it, it, deep speech is essentially alien speech in D. Okay. okay um and then i figure two other languages because he's traveled the stars he okay. knows no that makes sense things, so just want to make sure we had the right thing on that yeah that's what i that, that's what i put in there for that um i don't know if i mentioned earlier but i also increased his speed to 40 feet from 30 because uh as your notes say he does have greater speed yeah so okay um and there we go cool, cool. that's our that's our rad man yeah. Um, so thank you so much for listening. That was, um, that was fun. Yeah, it was it's a, always fun. Yeah. That was, that was a little bit more of a, a an episode for me to wrap my brain around, uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> it also could be because I'm operating off of just the worst sleep. Yeah. I was, when you told me you had really bad insomnia last night and hadn't slept, I was like, Oh, I'm dumping a lot of information on this man. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. I did have a little bit of trouble keeping up, yeah. but I think we got there in the end. So, okay. Um, so yeah, cool. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're listening to this early, thank you for your support on Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate that a lot. Uh, if you were listening to this on, uh, I guess it would be December 1st. Dang. Um, then, I mean, thank you for listening, but do consider supporting us on Patreon. $5 a month gets you the Swamp Heap level. You can get these episodes a full month early. In addition to our bi-weekly bonus Critter Kibbles mm-hmm. episodes, with just even more of this. I mean, we don't do the the method of you don't you don't get to see the methodology of us creating this stuff, but you do get some extra bonus right. stat blocks and magic sometimes items we, and we fix them on air. And we yeah, we tweak them, we tweak them. So um but yeah, we would really appreciate that a lot. Uh if you can't swing that five dollars, we do have the fur buddy level at one dollar a month to kind of just offset costs. <laughs> offset a little bit offset our, our the costs of maintaining the podcast. And by maintaining the podcast, I mean watching movies. Um, but um, otherwise, uh, feel free to leave us feedback. Uh, rate us and review us, of course, as always. Uh, tell a friend if you enjoyed this. We we really do appreciate that. Um, leave a got, review if you can. Yeah, we would, we would love to hear from you guys. And uh, let us know what you would like more of or what you would like less of. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, um, all of our, our links down in the description for how you can reach us in various ways. Uh, but, uh, if you want to get us a hold of us individually for whatever reason, uh, Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at the library C that's C E E. And you can find me on Twitter. Um, I am at Danny underscore Hamsteak. And, uh, with that, we will see you next time. <laughs>